open enrollment to become Surge Strength Dryland Certified is going on right now, but only for a limited time. Stop being frustrated and wasting time with little or no results with your dryland training. Learn how you can quickly and effectively create a dryland program that gets you results. Visit SurgeStrength.com slash certification to enroll now to become SSDC before it's too late. Now, let's join your host of the Surge Strength Podcast, Chris Ritter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Surge Strength Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, the day it was released, this is the last day for you to become Surge Strength Dryland certified until much later in 2021. So do not miss this chance. And on today's episode, I have one coach who has been on the all the podcasts we've done a number of times. It feels like now it feels like just catching up with a good buddy at this point, Eric Peterson, who is SSDC. He's able to proudly wear those credentials behind his name. He's a swim coach out in Ohio. And here's what Eric had to say about becoming SSDC. Even from the start of our program, he says, I knew that dryland was an important piece of the puzzle. I didn't know how to piece it together and get it all on one page in a way that was connected to swimming. And especially too with Eric, he has multiple assistants and he's trying to get them all on the same page. Sometimes they're running practices, he's not there, different locations. For them to all have a common language and understanding and a process and a scale to move the kids up as they as they age up through the program. So he's not throwing the same things at the eight and 10 year olds as he is his senior kids. But at the same time, he's preparing those eight and 12 year olds as much as possible and at an appropriate level. So as they move up to the 13, 14 group, or and then the senior group, they're going to be ready and he can challenge them appropriately. Again, I hope that there is still time when you are listening for you to enroll to become SSDC, go to our website, surgestrength.com slash certification. The link is in the show notes as well. And like I said, tonight, Thursday night, if you're listening to this when it comes out, after midnight Pacific time, we are closing the doors and you're going to have to wait till much later in 2021 to become SSDC. So don't wait anymore. Join all those other coaches, including Eric, who are wearing those credentials proudly behind his name, SSDC, gain more knowledge, gain more confidence when it comes to dryland training. Don't put it off anymore. And I'm excited to see how many more coaches and swimmers are going to join us on this last day of open enrollment. Let's jump on in with our conversation with Eric. Dryland Talk. Like you said, you've been probably one of the earliest people, Eric, of following, you know, back when Surge Strength is just a little ebook, you know, as I'm figuring out what Ritter as a company is going to be. And like you said, you've basically consumed everything we've put out so far. We've had, whether it's myself or other team members go out there. So I wasn't necessarily totally surprised when you signed up to become SSDC, but I wonder if you can share with the audience maybe what you've then learned, because it's not like you were a newbie coming in. Like we've had plenty of conversations, you've had resources, but I'm curious, what was it specifically about the Surge Strength Dryland certification, whether it's you or conversations with your staff that you felt like this is really helping with it? Um, I think probably three things on that. So I think of myself as a constant learner. Mm. Back when I started, I've got a couple of coaches on staff now that I actually coached in high school when I was back in Kent. Um, That's awesome. And so we've been around for a little while. And 
you know, I would talk to them and, and I just, I'm just honest with them now as a coach that there were things that we were doing back then that I did just, and I was that coach that we were just doing it because um, mm. but it didn't feel right to me. I knew there was something that wasn't, it just wasn't clicking. Um, and so I'm always in search of what's somebody else doing, how are they doing it? And I, and I, when I, usually when I'm looking for it, it's not, I don't, I guess I refer to it as kind of the flavor of the month. Who's just the fastest. I'm, I'm probably looking for consistently who's putting kids out there, the local level at the local championships at the regional level, national level. And, and, and what are they doing and how are they getting their kids there from age group through high school and into college um, consistently. And then the second piece um, is, is even just the reflection on how it's come about within my staff. Like now they feel the same that I felt when I first started talking with you about it, it seemed to fit um, the pieces of, like I said, when things weren't clicking, the way that you were able to present it and the way that we were able to have discussions about, let's try this, mm. you know, this worked last year, but can we do it this way? Um, we had a couple of kids that this exercise doesn't work for our group. How can we modify it? And what's, what's the way we can go about it? The kids, um, kids, the coaches that I've got now that just went through the SSD um, program, you know, there's, I think I've got five on staff now that are certified. Oh, wow. um, and that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know. Look out for your program here, Eric. <laughs> Coaches take note. <laughs> so they're, so they're, they're there and, and they all had the same reaction though, right off the bat. Hey, this really makes sense. This, mm. this can work for us. This is something that we can teach. We can follow, we can do it and we can see the benefits and the kids are reacting right away. Um, and, and that's probably the, the biggest piece is that, like I said, I, I just look for things that that I can figure out, make sense of, and um, and just collaborate with. Yeah, it sounds like planning is now one of your strongest suits when it comes to dryland of of figuring out what do you feel best about when it comes to that part of it. I'm, um, I I don't know if it's one of my best, but, uh, <laughs> but it is something I do feel more comfortable about. Yeah, so, um, I think that. Uh, I'm, I'm still kind of old school. I, I, I'd turn my camera reverse and show you my desk. It's just filled with papers right now. We were kind of winding down the high school season, winding down the short course season, getting up for long course season. So yeah. Papers stuck all over the walls here. You can see calendars behind me. Um, and my desk is just littered with papers from everything, uh, from meat entries to suit orders and all kinds of stuff. So, um, but the organization of it, um, really helps. I, I, um, I understand the concepts of year long planning and, mm. uh, and the importance of it and value it pretty highly. Uh, I'm, but I am human. I'm, I'm not the best at it. You know, I spend a lot of time writing things and, and probably my biggest challenges is I try to stick. Now I, I, I stick things on the wall because if mm. I don't have it um, on the wall in front of me, I'll get sidetracked, you know, and, and the coaches come in here and they joke about it. One of my, signs that I have on the wall is, a uh, um, is just a coach from one of the NFL coaches, a uh, quote from, from him. And it just says, do your job. So mm -hmm. it's just a reminder for me to just stay focused. What's my job? Why am I here? What am I trying to do with, for these kids? And, and I need to be able to do that on a daily basis, um, to really just help the kids out. That's my focus. So are you taking time at a specific point in the year to really write out that season plan of dry land and then weekly, like you said, as much as you can, not that you're perfect every time, but do you set aside some time? And then is that something that you're putting up on the wall, something like that? Yes. So for me, I, maybe 
uh, maybe it's normal, maybe it's not. I, I guess from what I read and what I hear, I, I think a lot of people spend time in the summer um, and they mm-hmm. plan their year kind of August through July. Um, yeah. They're doing a year round. I kind of do it a little bit outside of that. I, I do a lot of planning right now. Um, February and March are kind of my big planning times to lay out um, kind of the macro schedule. And is that because you're just ending your championship because high school is kind of the focus for short course? Is that right? Yeah, I think that seems to it seems to work for us. Um, we use the spring as kind of the the foundation to build up, um, and 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 then um, try to carry it through the summer. And then mm. um, then I use those summer months in late July and into early August to to tweak things that I think need improving or that <laughs> work, um, highlight them, things that didn't work. Uh, take them out and then start the fall. So that I feel that we've got a pretty well-oiled machine by the time we get the fall up and running, because that's going to be kind of the most of our kids are going to be in participating at that time. And I want to, want to have a pretty clear idea what we're going to do and, and how we're going to get it done by that point. That's interesting. And, and I can hear that almost, it almost benefits. It seems like their high school and long course at the same time, where if you're kind of, all right, we're going to have a big lead up to long course and then carry that momentum into short course, if high school is such a big thing, it sounds like that's really worked for you. It's just those few adjustments. It is. And that's, it's just, um, I've heard it over and over again from other coaches, just recognizing kind of where we are as a community. I, I would love to have um, a program where, and we're always striving for it to try to be a little bit more consistent, a little bit more consistent outside the high school season, a little stronger, a little bigger group uh, and those kind of things. And we're, we're constantly making tweaks to improve that. But um, the high school season, uh, and it's not unique in this area, just to our team. High school season is definitely a focus. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to highlight that, focus on it, and then um, and, and then try to take the kids that are um, interested in it and, and encourage some kids that might be on the bubble to, to really work for the spring and the long course season. Yeah. In one of the forms we had you fill out about kind of feedback from going through the SSDC, one of the things you said you're really working on trying to improve is the progressions. Can you talk about what it was, how it was helpful, how we laid that out in the SSDC with the levels and how you're implementing that on a regular basis? I probably was too broad previously no. to, to that with laying out kind of one dry land program and just trying to monitor I don't know, I guess, lack of a better term, how much weight are they doing? You know, that's our progression in the past up to now. I think we've, we've become more specific um, by individual. Mm-hmm. In the past, um, I probably just varied the weight that they were doing, kept the same exercises for everybody. Um, and it, again, it just makes sense. And it may be obvious to others, but it probably in the moment, it wasn't obvious to me about having the kids um progress at different levels. And, and some of the things, again, that were kind of aha moments and just simple <laughs> where, you know, you don't always have to increase the weight to have that weight be more beneficial. Just increasing reps, decreasing reps, decreasing or increasing the number of exercises within the same function. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, when you look back at it, it's like, how come you didn't think of this for the last five years? <laughs> I don't know. You just get, you get busy doing other things and, and, um, and, and you just kind of get stuck in the moment. So um, the clarity was very helpful. 
Well, Eric, I don't think you should feel bad. And and in some ways, I want coaches to get it. Like, it doesn't have to be overcomplicated, right? And like you said, you've been trying to figure this out for a while. And then sometimes it's just like, oh, yeah, duh. Like, now I can implement it. So I'd rather it be simple for coaches to implement than them to more feel like, oh, man, this is so much more complicated than I thought. I think that's a better thing. And it sounds like for you to really figure out, oh, okay, I can individualize training, especially for not only a group, but you have multiple groups you're dealing with in terms of your programming coming in and out. So that's got to give you a more fine line of how to really target each kid. And then in the end, I think that's going to lead to better results overall for your program. I agree hundred percent. And, and this year was, uh, was a great example of it due to everything else that was going on. Um, we were able to be, we had to divide the practice groups by gender on top of the practice grouping differentiate. Oh, yeah. Um, so it actually was a great thing. It was, it was a lot more time. Um, but, um, but man, I really felt like I made some good connections with the kids and were able to monitor their progress a lot better. And, um, and so that was, that was a huge benefit. That's awesome. What, how do you know dryland is quote unquote working? What, what can you see the differences in, in the results? So the things I think you mentioned from the start of the, of the program, um, ring true when, one of the ways that we judge it a little bit is just, you know, it's mostly dealing with high school kids on Mm -hmm. selling it. Um, And on the boys side, uh, body image is a big thing. And on the girl side, it's body image, but in a different way, Mm. the the guys get excited and they pop off their chest (laughs) and show off a couple and, you know, I joke with them, you know, Um, but, but if they're feeling proud and and, uh, confident in their appearance, um, they're going to buy into it pretty quick. Um, and, and they're willing to listen and do some things and saying, okay, well, this worked last time, so let's try the next exercise. Um, the girls, again, they want to they wanna feel good, and, and, and body image means different things, generally mm-hmm. speaking, for, the, for, for our female athletes. Um, not that they're not getting excited about getting stronger, but it's just usually a different um, outward reaction overall as a, as a generality. Um, so I use the kids um, a little bit, but I also – um, the other factors that we talked about just a little earlier were, are, are we getting faster? Mm. Um, and so um, Eddie Reese, I think, made the comment that, um, you know, if you only only change tw- no more than 20% of anything, right. if we're maintaining our, over the years, we've done a similar swimming program and, and the dry land has been the piece that's been changed and mm. adjusted and we're getting faster, then I can say the dry land piece must be impacting us pretty positively. Um, and, and again, the third factor, not necessarily in that order is just injury, um, mm. knock on whatever we've, we've been pretty fortunate. I think in the last three years that as long as we've been consistent with, with this particular program, our, um, not, you know, our, our injury occurrence um, for kids that didn't come in with a pre-existing condition has been about zero. Mm. So, so that's a big thing to me. Um. Again, I think it was Chris Plum that has emphasized it over and over again. You know, the, the kids that are sitting out, they're not helping. Um, so if we can keep them in the water, then it's going to be better for them and better for us. It sounds like you really are emphasizing make sure that push-pull ratio is in the right place, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, 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 it'll scream at you if it's not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't get the kid better if they're not swimming, you know? And that is everybody's frustrated. The swimmer is frustrated because they want to be in the water. The coach is frustrated. Ah, they're falling behind. So again, simple things, but when you just realize that's what I have to focus on, I think it opens up a lot. It's interesting. You talk about the the dry land is the piece that's kind of changed a lot more throughout the years, whereas the swimming stays steady. I think a lot of coaches could probably relate to that and that 
whatever style you have in the water, you probably stay somewhat with that throughout your coaching career, obviously making changes season to season, but that's an interesting, I never thought about that is that the dry land part could really be what is changing throughout the years as a coach gets more used to what they need to be focusing on or how to plan for it. And that's, again, some of the other information that you've shared is just the collaboration with other coaches, you know, mm. uh, Garrett McCaffrey, um, uh, Paul Yetter, you know, the things that they bring in their discussions. Again, that's where I get some of these ideas about how can we structure the dry land and where to put it and how does it impact. Uh, again, if they've, if they've kind of sustained success with their kids and their programs, you know, um, I, I tell people all the time, I, I steal a lot of ideas and then I just hone them in on what we have available for us and, and what's, what are the basic needs and how does that address those needs for our kids? Yeah. Connecting what you're doing on land to in the water, I know is a big frustration for a lot of coaches. And you had indicated that used to be a frustration for you. What's changed and, and what now being SSDC, what, how has that helped you get more information or understand how to craft that connection with what you're doing on land to the water? Um, I think we can directly relate the exercises and what they're doing to the techniques that we're teaching in the water. The mm. kids, the kids really feel it and they feel it quickly. Um, so I think that, um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing we can, we can talk about the exercises and, and, and we try to use the language as well as the technique about here's why we're doing this out of the water. And then we'll relate it to, Hey, what did you just do? We just did 25 push-offs and, and what position are you in on the wall? What are yeah. you doing off of that wall? And then I'll relate it the next time to the practice when we're out of the water, the, the, the hinging and the, the squats and things, and, and just say, what is this? Where are you doing this at when you're training? No, that's awesome, Eric. Good stuff. Can you leave us with a success story that you've seen when it comes to dryland results, specifically with maybe a kid or a group of kids? When we were um, first starting out, it was a progression. And I would say probably our biggest highlight came about two years ago um, where we, we, we had about where we were really working with it and, and it was really starting to gel. Um, mm. Notice the difference where we, I had a group of, of boys and a couple of girls that um, had started to buy into the program, really work on the program, do it consistently. And that was from fall through the through the summer months. And um, we went from just kind of a, a good local team, consistent performances to. We had consistently some kids uh, going to USA sectionals. Going to futures, um, our highlight was uh, like what year is this? So this is 2021. So I guess uh, 20 must have been 2019. We 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 had a kid that was um, was at the junior nationals and um, just off Olympic trial cuts and, and those kind mm. of things. And he had progressed through the program for all four years. Um, so that was that was a good progression to me of of what can you do if you stick with this um, year in and year out, and and where can it help you get the kids to. That's awesome. And as we're closing up here for coaches out there, whether they have a lot of experience trying to educate themselves about drowning, like it sounds like you were on that journey, or maybe they have assistance where now you have a lot of your assistants being SSDC that maybe they had varying amounts of dryland background. What do you think is the benefit for coaches to become surge strength dryland certified? The biggest benefit is the, the information. Um, as a staff, 
we're all on the same page. We can walk in and we have a staff meeting and I say hinging, we say bracing, we say um, range of motion exercises and, and we all know what we're talking about. I'm not talking about doing something over here with the senior kids and my coach that's dealing with mostly eight and nine year olds is like, I, I can't do that with little kids. I, they, don't, they don't need dumbbells in their hands. And yes, I'm aware, but here's the exercises you can do and how can you make this fun for the little kids, that kind of thing. So we're all dealing with the same terminology. They see they see in front of them what the schedule is and and what the, where where it leads to and um, and what we're doing and that we're all doing the same thing. So it really brings us together as a whole staff. Yeah, it sounds like it's really streamlined the communication for you guys then from eight years and under all the way up through the senior kids. So it's not like okay, new group, new terminology, new system. It's one one all the way through the program. Yeah, and 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 that really helps. You know. Like, I think I'm probably similar to a lot of coaches out there. We just run out of time at some point. You know, by the time I want to teach all of this to all of my staff, yeah. you can't do that and run a practice and create workouts and, and do all of those other things. Um, so by you taking on this and, and having it available online in one format um, that's easily understood, there's videos, there's accessibility, there's you, you have great Q&A sessions and follow-up sessions that um, – that they don't have to come to me um, just for those questions. That you're 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 an immediate resource, um, and and it's a well laid out program that takes away a lot of the initial questions that they have um, when they come to me anyway. That's awesome, Eric. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast yet again. <laughs> Probably at this point, you, you've been on the most podcasts ever as a as a single guest. So congratulations. Yeah. I'm not sure what's that worth, but I appreciate you coming on all the time that we ask. It's always great to chat with you and see what you're doing in the program. Any closing thoughts for our audience before we leave it? Oh, it's been my pleasure, and uh, and I would I, I honestly. Uh, you know, I'm not a paid advocate here. Uh, I, I would promote the program uh, without a doubt. I, I, anybody that asks, I, I go ahead and share your information with them um, and tell them to uh, start here. Um, and, and I think it's been a, a huge asset for our program overall. So thank you. That's awesome. Eric, thanks for joining us again. Open enrollment to become Surge Strength Dryland Certified is going on right now. Don't miss out because this is only for a limited time. Learn more about becoming SSDC at surgestrength.com slash certification and join hundreds of coaches and swimmers from dozens of countries around the world that are making a commitment to having Dryland become a true strength of their program.